Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Hello, beautiful friends. I'm Natalie. And I'm Claudine. And this is Shokran Very Much, the podcast. And this week's episode is titled AI's Impact on the Church. This next question, um, we're going to kind of turn into the AI and the church part. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're bringing up like we're constantly technologically advancing. So how do you think the church can embrace technology without compromising its tradition? Like the whole, like the church needs to come into the 21st century. Like people get really fired up about it. Um, just be good stewards. And I think... I mean, I think Abuna Gregory does a great job of this. He's yes. not scared of the world. Mm-hmm. He has it. He he ver- like attacks it head on, and not attacks, but distills out the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. We can't just like see things in the world and be like, "This is bad." Like that's not what we were called to do. We're actually called to be in the world and draw people to ourselves. So we we have to take the good that's in the world and there's a lot there's a lot a lot of beauty there's a lot of beauty in those outside the church like even the people mm-hmm. and god's creation create beautiful things and we can't ignore it so that there first has to be a mindset change of like we we are not like we are lucky that we are in the ark of the church but that doesn't mean that everything outside is awful and we can't have that mindset, especially as cops, when we come from persecution and, you know, our parents went through some really tough things uh, and, and our grandparents and so on and so forth. Like there is an aura of fear around the outside. And I think especially as a Coptic church, we, we definitely experience that. And so we as the kids of those people have to know that, yes, we're not of this world, but god created beauty and it's in the world and i should find that i should Mm -hmm. seek that out and that's actually gonna make me closer to god because it'll it'll humble me it'll make me say oh you're so merciful your light shines upon the righteous and the wicked and i see that light you know um whether it's in our coworkers, you know people we're in school with you know whatever any anyone can produce anything beautiful and everyone is truly good um in their in their you know in how they were created so we we should embrace that so then us as a church need to have a more critical mindset and be like okay we need to think critically about the things we're doing in the church and the attitudes we have and when new things come up this being one of them or new ideologies we need to think about them critically because if we don't and we just reject them even if they're bad and we just straight up reject them that's just going to turn people off if you're not engaging yeah. with it and thinking about it right so homosexuality is a great example comes up in full throttle in this mm-hmm. era right and okay do we just say no 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 it's like no let's think critically yeah about why this is wrong and why this is a deviation of our natural state let's think about it so i can talk to my brothers and sisters in the world about that and so i myself i'm not just blindly following my church as the church as my mother and i'm understanding and i'm engaging with her if we if we do that and we're not scared of doing that we'll see that the light the truth of the church and the truth of god comes out in everything we do not just the things inside the church and so this is going to require a generational mindset change mm-hmm. of not being fearful of seeing the world as beautiful and seeing God's creation as beautiful, including his people. And the, the products of those people can also be beautiful and point to God. 
I mean, one of my favorite things that Abuna always says is like, God doesn't want us to just like he obviously there's a lot of faith involved. Mm-hmm. But but there is this degree of understanding that he wants us to have, and that's absolutely. What, and gave he's always preaching that, like he gave you a mind, and so use it, like understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's I think I mean especially in this era, like if we're called to bring all to Christ, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. You do it by thinking. This mm-hmm. generation is not one that that is easily swayed, mm-hmm. right? But when truth hits you in the face, you can't stop but think about it, right? Yeah. And so. We have to learn, understand that truth and be able to communicate it properly. Um, And so I, you know, I don't have any fear about working in an industry like this. Mm -hmm. I I only have my, you know, like I'm not exactly like the people I work with, right? But that doesn't mean what we work on is inherently evil. No, we're working on something that's fun and cool and whatever and can reflect God as well, Mm -hmm. even if it's not in a Christian setting. And that's an important thing to to take into consideration. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, social media. (laughs) Um, I read a post about how we could potentially use AI to spread the message of God. They called it the the digital preacher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think AI can effectively spread the message of love and redemption? Or I feel like it might take away a little bit of like the sacredness and like intimacy of God's love. I mean, it's a tool, right? So just Mm -hmm. like you use the internet to look things up. You could use it. You could train an AI bot to talk with you about creation. Yeah. Like, what's to stop it from that? That's a good point. Right? Like, but that doesn't mean it's the same as having a relationship with God or mm-hmm. having a relationship with a priest. Nothing is going to replace humans. Humans are made in the image of God, and nothing's going to replace God Himself. God is love. God is light. God is life. So, again, it's a tool, and like we we can use tools. There's nothing wrong with that, and we should. We absolutely should embrace everything at our disposal to s- to spread the good news. Um, and and so, yeah, why not? Like, why not go all out, use our talents for, for good? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's an example of it. And there will be more. Like, absolutely. Yeah. People, are, people are going to get better at this and come up with some really cool ideas. And we should be excited about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you touched on a couple, but, like, what are some worries or, like, concerns that you have with, like, the rise of AI? Yeah, I don't have, like, I don't, I'm not concerned about the world ending. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You should should see us working on these, on these, because, again, like, I should touch a little bit on how these work, right? They need data, right? They need to see something to be able to do the same thing. So, we, as a company, most of most of the not most of the time but there's like entire teams dedicated to creation of data synthetic data or like getting data you know and so our our we need to train on conversations so our data is just it's conversations um oh my gosh you should see the back and forth that like me and my coworker have had just like training this one model to like spell <laughs> like or understand spelling. No way. No, no, it's, it's actually the funniest thing ever. Like I, he, we were just talking about it, and I randomly said, like, I can't believe people think AI is gonna take over the world. <laughs> and he laughed at it, and he said, Yeah, my parents are so worried, and I keep telling them they're stupid. And then I said, Yeah, just show them this chat, and they'll be fine. Like the amount of effort it takes, and the amount of of data honing and getting the right data and not overfitting to certain types of data because like if you only show it one thing it's not going to be able to do other things yeah. so you have to like spread out and you have to think very critically about the data you're using and this and that like there are people who dedicate their lives their data scientists 
and like mm-hmm. we're just a bunch of like engineers at a startup and it's like that's how much work it takes to get it to be able to understand spelling like <laughs> like it's like, just this is not gonna run countries guys yeah 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 like please <laughs> please check yourselves it's it's just we just we have a really good laugh about it because that's so um, funny obviously like we're a little startup and you know there's deep mind there's google there's people that are you know really yeah. working on this but let me tell you how hard they're working on it to be able to do yeah. the things they're doing, right? And any change that needs to be made has to go through the data pipeline mm-hmm. and this and that. So, I mean, they they can be they can do things really really well, but they are not humans. Like, yeah. they're not humans, and we have to understand that we are not just computational power. We have a spirit. We have a mind. We have a soul. <laughs> and so, this is something that you will like see people are fearful of because they misunderstand themselves they misunderstand how valuable they are how mm-hmm. valuable yeah. them how special they are as a human being and what their capabilities truly are um and when we when we push when we push the boundaries of language of large language models like the one that powers ChatGPT, we see that it can do it can do things that humans can do very easily um because of how intricately the brain is how intricately uh the brain is is created it's not just memory it's not just it's not just fast computation like it's it's like so unbelievably complicated and when i become a better engineer i'm gonna like take a break and go study the brain so i can understand god more and understand his engineering complexity because if what we're trying to do the like is not working um, I want to go and appreciate what God did that it works perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It is like the yeah. pinnacle pinnacle of good engineering. The most memorable talks that you've given that I remember clearly have been about relationships and fellowship. Mm. The one I spe- specifically remember, this has nothing to do with this, but I just have to share this. You gave it during the pandemic. We were over Zoom Aww. and you were like, the importance of fellowship and we're all just in our rooms. And I was like, why are you just rubbing this in my face? We can't have oh, it right now. because I was going through it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I had to I had to vent about it in yeah. front of in front no, of but the it was, Sunday school it was kids. perfect because that was what we were missing and yeah. it was just really made us appreciate it. But anyway, back to this. How do you think as AI systems become more sophisticated and they spell, um, <laughs> we can maintain the sacredness of human or Christian relationships and connection? Nothing like nothing can replace humans, and it, it, nothing can re- like be as valuable as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing can feel the way humans feel. Nothing can replace one human to another human, right? Um, there's always going to be something missing for a person that tries to find joy outside of fellowship with their, with their community, with people, and with God. It's always going to be something missing for that person. That's what the world is struggling with now. Um, so many people wish they had a community. Burping. It's okay, we edit this. No, it's It'll all good. Be like it's all nothing happened. <laughs> so many people wish they had a community like we do. So many people uh, just struggle for connection. And we're always going to come back to that. People are always going to realize something's missing from their life if they try to find value in, in anything. Um, and the sacredness of the human being is not, again, not in its computational power, not not how well it can do math or program or can how fast it can learn something um it's in the human it's him him himself or herself right and that's always going to be discovered in god's eyes there's 
you can, again, you can convince yourself anything you want. If you think you are just computational power, if you think you're just a machine, then you're just going to accept that. When people say it, you're going to treat people like that. You're going to treat yourself like that. But if you feel like I am more, I'm more than that, which we all know we are deep, deep down, even if you've tried to convince yourself you're not, I am more than that. And I'm not just living for myself. I'm living for other people. And that's what fulfills me the most. It's not pleasure. It's not anything that the world is telling me. It's not even intellectual satisfaction. It's not solving something quickly. It's literally relationship um, with God, with others, and with myself. A good relationship with myself. People, that truth was going to keep coming up. (laughs) And it's our job as Christians to make sure people see that in us. That nothing is more important than when a human being comes to me and says they need something. Nothing is more than that. My work isn't more important. Nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Investing in that, making that the sacred part of our life, the other human beings in front of us and God in front of us, I think will show other people that there's no better way to live and that, like, connections aren't just for the satisfaction of myself. It's for for a bigger purpose that I was created for, which is for those around me and to fulfill whatever God wants me to for them, right? Mm -hmm. Everything in the Christian life is self-offering. Marriage is self-offering. Monasticism is self-offering. Everything we do is self-offering. And the world is not happy because it's not giving itself. It's just taking. Mm -hmm. And so the more people see us giving ourselves, they'll realize that something is missing from the equation they've made. And that is actually sacred. That's what makes humans human and not anything else, um, is the need to give oneself, like God needed. He didn't just, w- he didn't just want to. It was like, it was almost a compulsion. Like, I have to save my kids, you know? And if we hone in on that, nothing in the world is going to point to that, you know? No no creation we've done, no worldview at points to that besides Christianity, right? Um, and so... We just, we live out our truth, right? We don't, we don't get carried away in career in, in just bettering the world because it's cool, but we actually are thinking about what is my purpose? My purpose is to love God and others. And how do I live that out? And when people see that in us, they'll know something's different about us and that mm-hmm. we're not, we can't just be a machine, yeah. right? I mean, that is barring, of course, the insane compu- like complexity of the brain once again, yeah. the comp- this, the insane you know, all of the systems that we have in our body, like that insane engineering as well. Um, we can talk about that as reasons to defend the faith and, and to show that we are not just random and we are not just, you know, a very, very powerful computer. Um, but more than that, people will want to th- even think about that when they see our love first. Mm-hmm. They're not going to want to engage in that if they don't have a reason to. And the reason is someone was different and I want to be like that person. Yeah. I want to know why they're joyful, right? And that's that's our job. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I love how often that gets repeated in so many different topics we talk about on the podcast is we were talking about like, we were talking about same-sex attraction and all of these big topics and I remember our speaker said like, you can't just approach someone and be like, you gotta do it this way for God or, yeah. or you have to act this way, you can't do this, but you, you just gotta show them God's love first. And I love how often that gets repeated from so many speakers from such a wide variety of backgrounds. And they're always like, God's love first, and then whatever else after. That's right. Yeah, there's a, 
you know, I work, I, I think most of my life I was working in like a very, I was in a very niche environment. Like, I mm-hmm. guess in high school, I was around a lot, like I was in the world more. Mm-hmm. But in college, like my group of friends was Coptic. Like I was very much in a Coptic community all the time, like mm-hmm. since college and through my master's. So recently has been the first the first time where I am read it like constantly engaging with people in the world that are like different than me and grew up really different than me and are just completely different. And I have appreciated God so much more because I see he's allowed me to see the beauty in these people. I think we can tend to be like, oh, it's us versus them. And that's not the case. We're just beggars, and we as beggars know where to get food, and they don't know where to get food. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I heard in an evangelism talk, right? Like, I'm not showing them how to make food. I'm just point, like, I'm supposed to point them, right? Like, St. John the Baptist said, like, uh, he who comes after me, which should should come before me, for he was before me. That's what we're doing. We're supposed to go before Christ to the world and and show them and point to Christ. and so seeing how beautiful all my coworkers are and like how smart they are and how gifted they are and be like, these are just God's creation. Like they're not living with him, but they still reflect his beauty. And like, that's so important for us to know and see. Um, and like, that's a really big thing if we're not seeing that because then mm-hmm. we're in our little bubble and we're really like anti people and we're very scared to like interact with people like what are they gonna ask me this and that like how are they or whatever um and that's not how we're supposed to be we're supposed to be like if we're living in the world we should be in it Mm -hmm. and we should be interacting with it and and not not in a you know not going out to bars or whatever but like enjoying the creation god has made Mm -hmm. and enjoying the people there and and trying to learn from them and and then hopefully um hopefully show them christ through our actions um but it is the first thing we go before christ to the world so whatever we end up doing like i happen to just be doing engineering and that's where i see where i see god and it's also where i have a lot of fun um but the people that have been given to me in that space also point to god and that's been a very rewarding and humbling experience that god cares for them just as much as he cares for me Mm -hmm. um and to be in acknowledgement of that is really is really good for me as a human being uh, to to not treat those who are not like me like they're lesser than me, you know? Yeah. This episode was insane. Yeah. I loved it. I promise <laughs> I, I talk, like, so much, but this time I'm just like, whoa. Like, yeah, you keep talking, like, it's all yours. Yeah, because the, the amount of knowledge that you dropped yeah. in this episode... I, I have to I explain no it. Idea I what this was. You guys, oh, Natalie wow. got her undergraduate degree from UCLA. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then and then she got her master's from Stanford. Yes. And I so. owe them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, in, in the trailer baby. in the trailer for this podcast when it first came out, we were like, we're going to be discussing some topics with the brilliant minds of the church. This is one of those episodes. Oh, no. This is one of those episodes. Yeah. So like the, that's a great topic you just touched on because the thing about thing about brilliant minds in the church, which I'm not one, is the brilliant minds in the church took a lot of time to learn things from others before they started speaking themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who does a PhD, like what they have to do is like 
go see all the research in that field and learn it and sometimes replicate those experiments and whatever internalize it take all the classes on this particular topic Mm -hmm. before they can start researching yeah right and that's how we should be in the church we should learn as much as we possibly can and then we can have a really critical mind to you know shed light on god's creation in these new ways like in artificial intelligence abuna gregory does that he's learned so much about the church that he's able to talk about theology in that perspective um in a in a perspective that embraces the technology that has come alive which i'm not i'm not where he is um you should have him on to talk about this again to be honest and we'd love uh, to have abuna gregory on permanently seriously he there i can tell you about a podcast if you guys if anyone's interested in mm-hmm. ai um my dad has like a two hour long podcast we will link sure. it below talking yeah. about um talking about artificial intelligence but going back to like the creation of the computer and like all the way <laughs> through and and how artificial intelligence developed yeah. and he has a way more articulate and robust like way of explaining this i'm just talking from like the six months of experience i have like working in this field (laughs) yeah um but yeah if anyone's interested in that they should they should listen to it but that's an example of someone who studied learned a lot and then started speaking and we ought to like all be like that yeah you know you know buna gregory his he's the brilliant mind of the church yeah. and he's just constantly blessing us with all these things including yeah. you <laughs> so shukran very much natalie for joining us shukran very much and shukran very much to everyone who tuned in and listened please follow us on all our social media accounts there you can receive updates and send in topic and speaker suggestions which will be in the show notes shukran very much for listening and we'll see you next week